The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. to the verse cast of star citizen podcast my name is john uh, uh, three weeks of being gleep now a week of being john i don't even know who i am anymore i guess i'm jimmy croker you are jimmy croker you're gleep i'm so happy you're back no 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 i am muad gleep the quizats hatterack my name is a weapon oh god of course you are Thank you, Turd Ferguson, for that one. Um, that was very kind of him. We are those guys with ships, and this is episode 48 of the verse. Could you see me waving my hands in the air like I just don't care? I did. I did. It's, it's, magi- it's magical. It is good to be back. Today is October 12, 2945. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins. The intro outro song is still Try the Bass. I remember it well from last time I was here, and I still like it. It's a good song. I hope he releases something soon because, um, you know, that was a single, a new single, and I'm, I'm hoping there's an album to follow that up because I'm, I'm just, you know, I've worn out like three copies of each of his albums. Would you, would you say it's got a funky beat and you can bug out to it? I, I would say that, yes. little Beast, Beastie Boys reference. You're a Beastie Boys fan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was say, come on, John's not here. You should be getting the things I toss at you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, don't want, uh, I don't want you to get overconfident. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, well, you can find uh, uh, this particular song of Ronald's and all of his other fine music at www.ronaldjenkies.com. Yes, I have returned from the desert. My eyes are wide shut. My life's purpose is clear as an unmuddied lake, as clear as an azure sky of deepest summer. Wow. Um, what's that from again? Oh, uh, you, you can't not get that. You see, you're, you're getting me back, aren't you? I'm totally getting you back. But, but really, what's that from? We just, we just talked, we just texted about this the other day. Did we? I don't know. So many things have happened in the last, like, week or so. <sighs> Clockwork Orange. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. All right, fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, so much for the honeymoon. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, the big news this week is... You're back. And let me stop you right there and say, sorry, because I know you were going into a transition, but I want to break it up. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Anybody, uh, anybody that, has, that thinks doing a podcast rundown, a show rundown, week after week after week, anyone that thinks that's easy, um, I got news for you. It's not. Um, three weeks of doing... Both show rundowns were exhausting. Gleep, I don't know how you do it, but 
all kidding aside, I am, I, of course, I'm happy you're back for many reasons, but um, I have a newfound respect for what you do for the Versecast community um, for this podcast every single week. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. You're welcome. Okay, let's stop being nice and get into the news. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, of course, the big news this week is CitizenCon. But first, let's not forget about science. 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 She blinded me with. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, and speaking of science, how about that endeavor? Hmm? Oh, you know what? You know what? I, I know. Um, I'm going to jump right off script here because <laughs> um, it, something momentous happened uh, mere moments ago uh, in real time, uh, mm. not, not in podcast land time. Mm. Uh, Star Citizen, <clears throat> we have now at this moment 1,459 Star Citizens. It's we amazing. Broke. We broke the one million mark. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Good on CIG. Ninety-two million three hundred eighty thousand five hundred and sixty-two American dollars. And what made me think of that is that uh, the Endeavor sale, according to Ben Lesnick, the sales have once again exceeded expectations. I know I forget which was the last concept sale where they said they had expected to sell X number of units and they had sold like five times as many units as they had had planned on. Well, apparently this sale is is more successful than, uh, again, more successful than they had anticipated. So I think that is great news. And you can, uh, if you look at the, the day-over-day numbers, um, since, uh, uh, well, CitizenCon with the, 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 uh, the, all of the excitement generated by that, uh, they raised almost $800,000 in one day. And then today, I don't know if this is the final number for today, but we're um, almost $600,000. So, Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, um, um, it's, it's good. I mean, it, it's, it's good, positive news in, during a time when um, I think we could all use a little bit of that. Well, you know, at the end of the day, they, they are pushing envelopes. They are doing something that nobody has done before. And mm-hmm. it's easy to say it can't be done. People say that all the time. They say that they said that about the Wright brothers, and I know that's a very on the nose and very cliche thing to say, but it's true. Um, mm-hmm. When you push the boundaries, when you do things that are, are are out of the box, there are delays, there are setbacks, there are mm-hmm. things that you look back on in hindsight and say, you know, we should have done this this way, or we should have done that this way. But the fact is they are pushing boundaries and they're doing something that they are truly creating the next gen PC game. And I think that the that that the crowdfunding and the success of every ship sale speaks to the belief that speaks to the belief in in the product and speaks to the belief in the backers and the community and the people that are joining the community as first time members that yes, this is something that I support. I want to see this happen. I want to see this next generation game. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, actually, I was listening to uh, the fine folks over at INN, uh, their podcast. Um, they, um, uh, I picked them up on the SoundCloud mm. and uh, was listening actually this afternoon to an uh, interview with Ben Lesnick. And in that, he said something similar. He said, you know, if in 1959, if I was to go 
running into the local tavern and say, um, I'm going to go to the moon. Uh, people would, you know, he would have been locked up. He said, you know, people would say, yeah, it's crazy. You, yeah. can't, you can't do that. And he said, you know, people say you can't do that. Um, that's, uh, for some folks, that's an incentive to prove them wrong and to show that it can be done. And I think that Chris Roberts is one of those guys. We have, we have more computing power in our hands than what we had when we sent those astronauts to the moon. Um, again, you know, if you had said in 1950 or 1960 that you're going to have a personal computer that you can put in your pocket that gives you access to the entire world, you'd have been, mm-hmm. lo- you'd have been locked up. Well, for more than one reason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased as punch about the Endeavor sale. And there were, um, since uh, the last time you guys recorded, there were a few more Q&As. And I know we got a lot to cover, but um, because uh, this is such an exciting ship, I did want to uh, pull a question from each one of those uh, uh, Q&As. And um, in the first one, uh, someone expressed a concern about not being, uh, about the, the ship uh, can't dock in the hangar. It's huge. It's 200 meters long. Um, so it's it's not going to fit into our hangars. Um, so the concern is, hey, you know, I've got this enormous ship. I have to I have to leave it outside at night. Is it going to be safe? Right. Is somebody going to spray paint graffiti on it? Are they going to yeah. they going to steal my wheels? Yeah. <laughs> you know, am I, I going to yeah. am I going to leave my hangar and my 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 uh, endeavor is going to be up on ja- on pallet jacks? <laughs> So, um, and what they said is, no, uh, we do not intend for ships to be always at risk just because they don't fit in your hangar. There are going to be standard landing areas where, where um, you will be able to keep the workshop and drive sections safe while you land the Explorer part, you know, which is the front part of the, the, uh, the ship which detaches. Uh, you'll be able to land that in your hangar. Of course, if you do, you know, um, uh, leave it in orbit uh, of your own volition uh, in the around some unexplored planet, you know, with uh, questionable um, security, then, you know, that's that's on you. Uh, so I'm kind of, reading this, I was kind of of two minds. I was like, you know, my immersion is a bit unpuckered. Uh, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> that, you know, you can't just um, uh, poof your ship to safety, you know. So it's right. like you can't be in uh, a battle and or in some uh, perilous situation, um, you know, for a moment, taking the pirate's perspective, you know, suppose that you've waged a long, difficult siege towards capturing a particular ship. And if all the, the owner of the ship has to do is log off and the ship disappears, then, you know, that's that's that would be an immersion puckerer. Um, <laughs> would be, so, yes. So you, you can't do that, which I think is good. But then, you know, on the other side of it, you know, how much of, you know, for those of us that only have a couple of hours to play at a time, how much of your time is like, you know, I have to go to the place where the ship is and then I, I you know, I fly it into orbit. You know, I, I find a destination. I go to the destination. By the time I get there, I have to turn around and come back so that I can land at someplace safe so I can go to bed, you know. I would, I would imagine most systems, um, most notably the more secure systems, but I would guess that most systems are going to have some sort of um, secure docking station like, you know, where obviously where you can land your smaller ship and log out, but there will also be like carports, I guess, if you will, that are secure docking points for your larger ships. So once mm-hmm. you once you marry up to said space station, you can log out and your ship will be fine. Nothing will happen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we don't I don't think we've seen any of these standard lander landing areas right. yet. 
um, at least not uh, described as such. So probably, I mean, well, as I say, probably the same thing with your hangar too. You know, once you make it back to your hangar, there will be a secure logout point for the ships that are too big to fit in your hangar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you could just like float the uh, the the back end of the Endeavor um, near your hangar and, and land the uh, the cab. You know, if we're going to revisit that truck analogy. And that would be uh, sufficient. Uh, they'll work it out. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, it's uh, it's something they've been thinking about as well. So well, and I think I think they're on the right path. You know, mm-hmm. where you know, like you were saying, where you can't just auto log out and escape being killed, um, but you are there are also secure places for you to log out a large ship like that and not worry about it getting attacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I lied. Uh, I actually have three questions from this particular set, um, but I'm going to go through the other two really quickly. Uh, somebody asked, uh, "Can I play this ship solo?" Uh, can I? And they're the answer, like like all of the other big ships, you can, uh, but you're going to have to have crew. And if you have NPC crew, they're not going to be able to do as good a job as as human players in general. Uh, I, I know that there's that there is a uh, depending upon how much you pay the crew, you get different levels of quality, I suppose, uh, is a way to put it. But um, they said, you know, you can you can fly the ship solo. So if you wanted to just take it somewhere you prob- in safe space, you're probably okay doing that by yourself. So that's I, I like that because, you know, there, there will be um, uh, times if you have a big ship that you're going to want to just move it somewhere. And, and, you know, it's like everyone else is off, you know, doing something else and, you know, all your your friends are off doing other things and it's like you know oh come on guys come help me you know it's like come help me move my apartment you know? <laughs> yeah exactly you get to buy people space pizza can you take me to the airport <laughs> exactly um yeah i you know the, and it's funny that one of the reasons why i'm not interested in the bigger multi cruise ships is because i don't want the challenge of wrangling that ship by myself and the way that they describe it makes sense you know it's it's not going to be as efficient it's not going to run as well as if you have a full crew but yeah push come to shove you can run it by yourself it's doable which yeah, i, th- I yeah. think which i think is important for any number of reasons and then finally uh, from the from the second set of questions uh Someone asked if the super collider is the only way to have equipment overclocked, and they said, "No, no, 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 no. This is an important thing for Chris, uh, um, and uh, we right now many of us have uh, the necessary equipment to overclock stuff. Uh, the workbench. It's just that the super collider, um, which I think they're going to change the name of it. Um, they said, you know, because I think I think there's been some confusion and some 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 objection from folks that actually know real physics uh like that that shouldn't be what they call it but anyway um they say that that's just going to be the sort of the the ultimate tool for overclocking uh equipment in and but you can do it with uh with your workbench and 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 the tools associated therewith well that makes sense i mean you know a a very stripped down version of that it's like star wars galaxies you know if you had the, the right components and you had a, a modified, the, the best bench that you could possibly craft in game, you historically or repeatedly would craft the best weapons. So why not allow for that? You know, um, every the everyday man can overclock his gear, but if you really want that certain piece of something overclocked in just the perfect way, you need to go find someone with an endeavor and you need to have them modify it for you. Yep. And it sounds like you'll be able to park it, you know, someplace, or you'll be able to find somebody that has their endeavor parked in a landing 
zone right and uh, you know like say hey can you can you help me out with this can you help a brother out yeah yeah totally um and then from uh, part three which was uh, five questions that they um uh, they posed to tony z uh, tony zervik um uh, i just picked one about the medical bay just because i think um i think that a lot of folks um, are interested in the medical bay just because of its uh, ability to act why well, it's not its ability but it, it, what it does is it's a respawn point so for those of us that have played Planet Side Two, it's like a Sunderer. You know, it's uh, you're you when you're in battle and and you um, you get injured. That's or uh, if you get killed, that's you know the the hospital ship that you're associate that you associate yourself with is is where you're going to um, uh, rejoin the game. So, I'm going to read through this really really quick here. Um, so uh, the question was, can you go into more detail on the respawn mechanic for the medical bay? Can you deny enemies from spawning in your bay? How fast will replacement ships normally be delivered? How fast do you estimate expedited delivery to take? And Tony's answer was, the pilot of a Hope-class endeavor, as with any other ship, has complete control over who can see their broadcast beacon. They can specify that only certain individuals can see such signals only certain organizations, anyone or anyone with a particular reputational rating beyond a certain value. So that's nice. So you can, uh, you can, uh, you know, keep, keep not, you know, I'm keep, a spawn point you, you for nice say, people. Yeah, keep, keep the riffraff out. <laughs> yes. Individual players and organizations can also be blacklisted. Thus, you'll have total control over who is allowed to spawn in your medical bay. Expedited ships will arrive very quickly, as sitting on another sh player's ship for an extended period of time won't be particularly fun. And the longer that you remain, the more likely that the pilot might decide to leave the area, which would defeat the entire purpose of selecting them as a spawn point in the first place. One thing to keep in mind, however, is that even this abbreviated respawn mechanic will not allow you to immediately get back to where you were. Upon respawning, you'll have to navigate to the hangar bay, to the waiting room, request a ship, and that there might be others in front of you. Wait for the ship to arrive, traverse to it, board it, exit the hangar bay, and navigate back to your desired destination. This will not be call of duty with instantaneous respawns by any stretch of the imagination. And there will be a tangible penalty to death in terms of how long it takes you to get back to where you were even if an endeavor is strategically placed. This is actually a critically important mechanic for the game as it will allow us much finer control over precisely how much of a penalty death should inflict rather than it being exclusively linked to the distance from a major landing zone. This provides yet another way in which players can cooperatively work together as some will be able to offer a valuable service to others in need. At the same time, it will also foster a lot of competition amongst those service providers who will battle on both the pricing front and in terms of how deep into dangerous territory they're willing to go, and thus how much more attractive their spawn point might be to a player that just died in order to differentiate their offering. So I think, um, as Tony does with everything, he has, he has thought about this long and hard, and I, and I, I like this, um, this description of the solution to, uh, to this, um, uh, these questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing to keep in mind is the 90, 90 to 10% uh, NPC to player ratio. If nobody's around, there will be somebody there for you to respond with. It'll just be an NPC. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think um, I think it's a I think it's a good ship. I know it was one of Ben's favorites, so um, I'm really really happy that it's doing well. And um, I, you know, it's I, I like the pictures of it. It's it's an exciting looking ship. And uh, is everything the question on everybody's mind? Uh, are the ships in your hangar 
still safe? Well, my hangar is not exactly the same as it was when I left. Let's let's leave, let's leave it at that until next show. Oh, okay, a little cliffhanger for the cliffhanger. For, for those of you out in podcast land. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the to the meat of the potatoes. No, that, that's that's not right. The potatoes of the meat. Ew. Let's get to the main. <laughs> I don't want to eat potatoes that have. Well, actually, no, that might actually taste pretty good. It's like a shepherd's pie. I'm hungry. Mm, ooh, man. Shepherd's pie, huh? Yeah, a couple, couple of beers and some shepherd pie. We, we want to wrap this up. Let's go. Yeah, you know what? It's it's 97 degrees here today. I don't know why, but it is. And so shepherd's pie on 97 degree day just doesn't seem to work. Okay, we'll, re- we'll revisit this in December or January. Let's bookmark this. I like it. We'll circle back, as they say. Put a pin in it, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, Citizen Con. Yay! So we're going to do um, uh, a news recap in this show um, because there's so much to talk about. And then in the next show, we're going to do a community perspective on it because there's a lot of community stuff to talk about. Um, just to kind of preview that, we had um, uh, several guys with ships uh, and a gal, uh, too, uh, on the ground uh, at, at the site. And they were very, very generous with all of the material that they provided to us. And uh, so definitely do uh, tune in for the next show to to hear that because it's very cool stuff. Um, and uh, uh, I, we all who were listening here stateside uh, enjoyed, uh, um, you know, knowing that they were there and uh, that uh, they were getting to see it firsthand. So anyway, cool stuff. Um, so the show started off with a heartfelt and moving speech from Sandy, uh, describing her feelings for the game and the community it has created. Um, it was very cool, and I thought she came off very real and very sincere. I mean, I thought, um, I, 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 a lot of respect for, uh, for her getting up there, and because I guess she had, the plan had been that she was going to write an open letter and publish it, but that uh, then Ben had encouraged her to just, no, just go up there and read it. Read it, you know, and, and tell, tell everybody how you feel. And she did, and um, I, thought, uh, I thought it was, uh, it was very moving. Um, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the first, it, it sort of seemed a little bit like, almost like a, um, a resignation speech. Yeah, which, uh, <laughs> I was thinking s- the same thing. Several of us were, uh, were kind of going, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Um, and thank God it wasn't because no. uh, that would be a horrible loss for our community if she were to uh, to uh, need to move on. So she's um, um she's she's gotten a lot of flack on and off throughout the entire development of the game, um, mm-hmm. and it's just disappointing, you know. Um, you know she she she's doing everything she can to support the game. Um, she uh, has proven with a very successful. Uh, crowdfunding campaign that she knows her business um, and yeah it's 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 tough to see uh, it, even any of them you know Chris uh, Sandy Ben um, you know it's tough to see um, just mean-spirited um, attacks on them and mm-hmm. and I can you know you can tell it, it's it can be overwhelming and it can take its toll on on them because they're human beings um, so hopefully you know sometimes when you kind of go through something like that you you, you kind of get those words out hopefully that has kind of renewed her energy and, and given her the strength to, to fight on yeah and um, in the uh, the INN interview that I mentioned earlier with Ben uh, he he didn't want to get into it too much but he uh, he did 
mentioned how much um, uh, respect he has for her and um, everything that she's done and uh, did want to uh, put it out again. He said that uh, the person that was portrayed in some of the negative press that has come out recently um, is not Sandy Gardner and that uh, she is anything but those things that were said and that uh, um, he's, uh, he's very proud to have had the opportunity to uh, uh, to work with her to this point and continue into the future for a very, very long time, we all hope. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, then uh, Chris came out um, and, uh, you know, everybody, uh, so I stood up here at home. Did you stand up? <laughs> no, I did not stand up. You're not even a fanboy. Um, <laughs> and uh, we got a really nice video retrospective. And I'll say right off the top, all of this stuff, all of these highlights that we are discussing are available on YouTube. Um, so go check them out. They're all, every single one of them is worth watching. Um, so um, do, and then also the entire thing, which is two hours and four minutes, is worth watching too. So, um, uh, you know, check it out. It, it's, it's, a, it's a good, a good uh, view. Uh, so we, we we got a video retrospective of um, how we've gotten to this point, sort of the history of, of uh, the milestones um, over the last uh, three years. Because Star Citizen, as of Saturday, is three years old, yeah. um, which which I think it's important to point out. In, and I know that, that I forget who it is in uh, on Twitter, and I apologize because uh, it's a really useful thing that they post from time to time. But uh, the normal development cycle of uh, AAA titles – um, and, you know, they, they sort of show, you know, like, you know, GTA 5 took five years and, you know, wow, when they first were doing it took some, you know, incredible length of time. But anyway, point being is that on on that spectrum relative to those uh, peers, if that's appropriate, um, this development process is still in its infancy. So it's just three years. I mean, if you, you know, you expect anything close to finish before the next two years, I think that that's an unreasonable expectation. So well, I had I had predicted months ago that the game wouldn't be out until 2016. You know, um, and you know, it, and and that's fine. You know, it's like again, on average, five years to develop a game, um, pushing boundaries, doing things that that nobody else has done before. There are going to be hitches in the giddy up. Um, I have confidence the team is going to deliver. And if the team delivers a year to two years later than anticipated, you know what? It's a game worth waiting for. And then to answer the um, uh, the complaint that, well, but back when this thing started, he promised that within two years we would have the game. That was an entirely different game that was promised. And because uh, interest and desire for what he was developing and what he promised that he would develop subsequent to uh, uh, the game that he originally talked about, um, that that expanded the scope. So the, the community demonstrated or communicated that they wanted expanded scope and they were willing to put their money behind it. Well, so yeah. that's, how, that's how we got to the point of, you know, I think, what was it? Originally, they were going to call it Space Trucker. I mean, that's how we got from Space Trucker to now Star Citizen, as we are expecting it to develop over the next couple of years. So yeah, and that, that's the thing is is if the community hadn't supported the expanded scope and in turn the longer development time, we wouldn't be at ninety two million dollars. Exactly, exactly. 
or one million four hundred. Let me refresh this. I bet you. I bet you there's more. Four fifty nine. Four fifty nine. Four fifty nine. Come on, no whammies. Six hundred and fourteen. Just since we started talking, Jimmy. So I got the math in my head. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've got 41, 141, 155, 155 <laughs> additional citizens. Nice. Wow. I must go out and buy some cigars. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. All right. So, and then uh, Chris went on and, and talked about the um, uh, the number of citizens. At that point, it was 991,000. Uh, they got four office locations, 270 dedicated staff. Uh, so we've grown. We've grown uh, the... Um, uh, what they've promised has grown, um, and that's because we asked for it. Um, and uh, what we're expecting has continued to grow, and they're staffing up to deliver it. So, um, yay for that! Absolutely. And then next, he went into um, a little discussion about Star Citizen Alpha 1.3, which uh, he said should be going into test. And I assume that means the, um, I think he said general test, but I assume that means the PTU uh, this week. Um, and then it will be pushed out to us soon after that. And so this is, um, there's going to be a lot of fixes in this, uh, but I think the most important thing um, is that this release consolidates the development stream. So this is, this is where all the, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters streams came together and we, you know, defeat the slime monster. Yeah. Um, um, but also, but there's going to be fun stuff too. Uh, we're going to get some size four weapons, which will fit on the, uh, the Super Hornet and the Cutlass. So um, uh, that's nice if you have uh, either one of those ships. Um, functional buggies in uh, the social module, which is going to be fun. And, of course, because we have functional budgie, budgies, <laughs> we're, we're getting parakeets. Uh, because we have functional budgies in the seal seal module, we have respawn points now because we're going to be running each other over. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yes, yes. So with, with innovation comes death. Well, this um, is this is the push to 2.0. I mean, this is you know they, they had said that this particular patch we're not going to see a whole lot, but it's all under the hood stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I said, merging the streams um, and basically gearing up for 2.0, which apparently is going to be huge in scope. Oh yeah, um, and then we're going to get some updated uh, hangar lighting, which um, I think they showed in the last around the verse, if I'm not mistaken. Is um, it is it just Selfland and Revel in York though? That's what I read. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I moved myself back to the Southland hangar just because I want the I want the fancier lighting. <laughs> um, so anyway, that that's coming. Hopefully, it'll be going out to the PTU this week. I, I keep checking to see uh, uh, the website. It's not there as of now, but um, I'm sure it will be. Don't they? They traditionally these things come out on Tuesday when they push stuff to the PTU. Is that correct? Um, I, yeah, I, th I think it's Tuesday, and then Friday is uh, the uh, the live server. Okay, so well, let, historically, let's make let's make that a rule then. What rule is that? That it's going to be Tuesday. Oh, that's our rule now. It, it's our rule. Okay. It's our it's our treehouse. We get to make the okay. Rules. That's our rule. I like it. Okay, um, and then he talked about, speaking of uh, uh, Alpha 2.0, he talked about that and the release for that. Uh, he wanted so bad to say, to say when, but uh, the, the closest we got was near future. And then, and then somebody who was not being Mr. Helper in the crowd said, soon TM. And he said, yeah, okay, we'll go with soon TM. It's like, no. You, you, could see, you could see everybody, well, not literally, but you could see everyone in the back going, go, go, God, please don't. Don't, Chris, don't. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> oh, God. 
So um, I, I've uh, listened to a few folks talk about this, and uh, the consensus seems to be that what this means is before the end of the year. So that makes you know sense. What? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If that, if that. Uh... Now, um, one thing that I think we should touch on real quick, and, I, and we don't really have an answer for it, but there seems to be a divergence of opinion, uh, is what does this portend for um, Star Marine? No, 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 no diversion of, of, um, of opinion. Ben Lesnick put that to rest earlier today. Oh, he did. What did he say? He said, um, and, and understandably, everyone was very confused about the way that Chris presented it. It was, is Star Marine now going to be absorbed into the Exoverse, the baby PU, or is, are we still getting it? And Ben clarified, uh, we're going to see the beginnings of um, first player combat in 2.0 in the uh, in the persistent universe patch before it goes before arena or marine star marine rather goes to um, arena commander proper you know what um, I, I I think that that's that's fine yeah yeah so we'll we'll basically and it makes sense with the way that Chris described 2.0 2.0 is the birth of the persistent universe right. um, and it is the ultimate sandbox for all of these different things. So you play with and break the first person shooter mechanic and they get that dialed in and locked down to where they need it to be. And then, you know, a week, a month, six months, whenever it is, they release it to uh, to the, the game in a game, uh, the, the virtual Star Marine shooter. Right, yeah, because I, I, I was uh, saying yesterday in, um, in chat at our, our meetup, I was like, you know, it doesn't make any sense that they would eliminate the simulator. Yeah. You know, the, you know because it's, you have Arena Commander, which is always going to be there, and you're always going to have Rec, you know, so that you can go try different loadouts out. But because when you go, the first iteration of the baby PU is not going to be playing for keeps. You're going to respawn. It's right. essentially going to be similar to Arena Commander in that regard. But once we actually go live with that, you're going, you, you die, you die. You know, your ship, your, your ship goes splody splode. Uh, you know, you're, uh, you're going, what kind of insurance did I have on right, that? Right, right, right. And there's, there's still a need for um, learning tactics, both in space and in first person shooter. So there's still a very, very strong need for Star Marine. Yeah. I, yeah, I would, I would have been just really, really surprised if they had just if that project had just gone away. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's um, from from what Ben said, we'll, we'll get basically, it, really, if you think about it, we're, we're getting a, a starter version of multi-crew. We're getting a starter version of the first-person shooter. We're getting, um, well, and we'll get into all of the other stuff, but we're getting a whole bunch of other stuff too. Um, I, one thing that I did take away from the presentation is that the initial release of 2.0 will not have persistence. Um, that persistence, that that the big discussion or the big milestone of persistence that they've been talking about will come after the initial release of 2.0. That makes sense. I mean, because it's Alpha 2.0. I mean, right. Come right. on, you know. Um, okay, so real quickly, the stuff that we can expect to see with the release of 2.0, as we said, it's the beginning of the PU. Uh, there is going to be space flight. There's going to be EVA, uh, zero G, floaty floaty around. Uh, FPS, social stuff, and missions. There's going to be missions for us to do together. So that's that's exciting. There were um, there were a huge amount of um, points of interest as well that I, oh, I was yeah. very very close, very surprised to see um, just how many points of interest are in that single zone. Yeah, in that one that one star system. Yeah. 
Um, and so, and it's huge. I mean, that one star system is huge. It is one million, one million kilometers square by two hundred thousand kilometers high. It's so, it's Stanton, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. It, it, it's enormous. So, um, and that's just one system. So, um, there's going to be multi-crew uh, tech. We've got we're getting the local grids, which are allowing us to have real physics and gravity. Um, you know. Uh, you know, I'm floating around outside the ship. You're standing inside the ship. You're going to have different gravity than I do. And, you know, we can, um, we can like, go knock on the glass at each other and go, hey, I'm floating. And you can say, hey, I'm standing. And it'll all make sense. Now, I also, as I understand it, we're also going to, um, we're also going to see uh, Microtech, uh, Crusader Industries. So we're going to have other planetary landing zones. Like, this is, this is a, a whole system to explore. Yes, yes. Um, I think I don't know what we're going to get in the uh, initial. Release. Yeah, yeah. In the in initial. The, in the initial, it it may just be that one. That one. Um, it may just be Crusader, uh, which is that one planet. Right. Right. Um, so, but there there were certainly were uh, many other destinations within that solar system. Um, and so, yeah, and speaking of, uh, of the Crusader area, um, oh, well, we got uh, zone streaming. Uh, the zone streaming system they're going to be implementing means that there's going to be no loading screens. So this is going to all be, you know, I don't know, like when you play WoW, when you went from one area to the next, you know, right, you, right, right. you had a loading, you're not going to get this. Uh, it's, it's all going to be seamless. Uh, so my immersion likes that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's just taking, um, I mean, this is, it, this is a proven concept. They're just taking it onto a grander scale. They're they're pushing the envelope on on um, streaming the uh, the content as you go deeper and deeper into the into the zone. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to get the Planet Crusader uh, there with uh, around that area. There we have Port Alisar, the security post Karea, uh, the Kovalex shipping hub which is a derelict ghost station. So that's a, ooh. So there might be like, you know, monsters living there that you can go um, do a, a co-op mission. Um, I'm, I'm making that up because I want to see it real bad. Uh, there are going to be offline communications arrays, uh, which are infested with pirates. So they're going to go, uh, you know, save the array from the nasty pirateses. Uh, research satellites, cryostro service platforms for to be doing your refueling, rearming, and repairing. So... Uh, these are all interesting things, which you get to see in the demo. Oh, I, before we move on to the demo, uh, what we saw in the demo, um, they've also made some changes to the um, in-flight uh, control system. Isn't that what that IFCS? In, in yeah. Yes. No, intelligent flight control system. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, they made some changes. Uh, we are There are now going to be four levels of control or four tiers of control. Uh, precision maneuvering, which I believe Chris described as being uh, the control that you have when you are in landing mode, when you're you know, right. sort of gliding into land. Uh, the space combat maneuvering uh, mode, which is what we normally have when we're playing Arena Commander. Uh, Super Cruise, which is sort of a, um, um, uh, like a, uh, uh, it's faster than, than normal, but it's not as fast as quantum travel, which is, is, the, uh, is how you get from one side of the system to the other all lickety split. Um, and which and you know what's kind of interesting is that all these four different um, uh, uh, control scenarios are all that those are the four scenarios that are in Elite Dangerous too. So that's that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, as as we start to see 
mechanics for the game firm up, there are going to be comparisons. I mean, the thing is, they're not, you know, they're not recreating the wheel in every aspect. There, there are certain things that, uh, you know, that are, are done well in other games um, that, you know, are going to, that we're going to see in Star Citizen. Um, getting into the, cru- the Crusader demo, um, I think uh, the way that they've instanced ship hangers is very similar to Knights of the Old Republic Online, with one exception. They're pushing the envelope to where you and your buddies will be able to see each other from across the landing pad. Mm-hmm. Similar mm-hmm. concept to Knights of the Old Republic in that those hangars are instanced. You've got you know 2,000 people on that space station. You know you select which you 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 queue up to find out where your ship is. Your buddies queue up to find out where their ships are. You're in you know uh, loading port five. They're in loading port eight. You both walk out onto those platforms and you can see each other. You your group is instanced so you can see each other from across the pond, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really good example of taking a system that works and and just pushing it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of the demo, um, uh, we did just that. Um, and, and I, li- I like to say we, like I was actually like involved in, in making decisions. Um, uh, so we, we called up a constellation, um, that we saw how that happens and it told us which landing pad to go to. So we went off trotting off in that direction with uh, three of our buddies and, um, uh, two guys came along with, um, with, uh, with us to the Connie and one other fellow went off to a Hornet. So. Uh, we got in our ships. That was all really, really cool. Um, uh, we took off, um, and then we got to see the uh, the hyper. Chris called it hyperdrive. I think it's actually the quantum travel um, in action, which we we had seen um, at uh, Gamescom. We had seen uh, a, a little taste of that, so we saw some more, and it looked uh, looked just as cool the second time. Um, and we were, you know, hey guys, let's go fix the satellite array. It's broken. So we headed off that way and, and we arrived and, oh no, there's pirates. Let's fight them. And so we did and, and we won. Uh, then the uh, Hornet, the, the, the really cool thing, and I think it was the first sort of jaw-dropping moment of the presentation was um, the Hornet pilot going EVA. Uh, so he just opened his, and Chris said that you will be go able to go EVA from any ship. So yeah, even, very cool, even a single seater. Um, and so the the Hornet uh, pilot went EVA to fix the satellite, and he didn't just like you know float up to some panel on the outside and like you know hit the use button. No, he went inside the satellite where there was like you know it was you know like there were passageways in Cor- there, corridors and. and- Oh, it was, I mean, there should be ghosts in there. There should be scary, you know, alien monsters in there. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, eventually he found the thing that he needed to find, and uh, it, he did use the use button to, to fix it. But um, I'm sure that, that that complexity will will increase over time. But uh, point being is that it was it was very rich. I mean, it, it could have very easily been, you know, like, you know, like the, the, the guy coming to read your meter at your house, you know, you know, just flip the little lid up and go, ah, there's the problem. You know, that'll be that'll be seventy five fifty. Um, but no, I mean, we had to go in and search out the, the thing. And, you know, it was uh, it was very cool and creepy inside there. Um, and then, um, we came back out after that was done. And, uh, one of the things I noticed that I really loved about the presentation was the, um, the, the constellation had sustained some damage during the fight. Right. And there was smoke coming off of it 
into space, which was which looked really really cool. I mean, it made the constellation look like a giant floating incense burner. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it, it looked like it was. Um, they did a really nice job with it because it looked like it was pushing out um, damage or you know smoke or whatever from a compress uh, 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 a compressed uh, ship. Like the ship was is, yeah. is uh, there's a compression in the ship so because you've got internal atmosphere and so it looked like it's our, the only way I can describe it. It looked like that that the the smoke or the damage was was just kind of eking its way out of the ship. Yeah, yeah, it looked really, really cool. Um, and so, uh, of course, what do you do when you're damaged? You go to the repair station. And uh, they're going to have, I guess, these these platforms or stations uh, spread out throughout the systems uh, where you can refuel, repair any damaged equipment, and uh, uh, rearm, get, you know, I guess, weapons and, and ammo uh, for uh, yourself and your ship. Um, so we went off to one of those, and there were um, uh, repair drones, which I, you know, I, I, I began to pucker. I saw the little drones fly out with their magical healing flashlights, and I go, oh, I guess my, my, my immersion went. And, uh, but Chris said it's only temporary. He said eventually there, it'll, be, it'll be more involved than that, but as a first pass, you get, you get drones with healing flashlights. Uh, you know, and the thing is, honestly, with, with the size and the scope of the game, for me, that's not immersion breaking. And, and if, if, you know, it's I, I, the, a deeper repair mechanic, cool. But for now, I, I think those drones do a great job and they satisfy the concern of getting it repaired. I would imagine that that's something that's going to stay in game, um, mm-hmm. but the, they'll iterate on it. You know what I mean? Like that's the first pass that we see, but we'll probably see something more in depth in the future. But still based on hitting the landing pad and either drones or players uh, or um, NPCs coming out and doing those repairs. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about it, you know, the guys that are standing in line to buy a crucible, you know, they don't don't want no drones. You know, they want to they want to, you know, be able to fix the ship, the ship themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's also something to be said for, you know, for in field repair. And I think the crucible um, is, is a key component for that as well. Yeah. Well, I, drones may be a necessary evil, but I look forward to the day that they're gone. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Actually, like like I said, though, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to go completely away because they'd even mentioned, you know, drones for mining. Um, and drones for the crucible you know it's just i don't think i like i said i think we're going to continue to see the drones uh, but i don't think that they will play as they won't be the be all and end all that they will be in the first iteration of 2.0 yeah yeah uh, which makes complete sense yeah all right so then after that we were off to security post korea k-a-r-e-a-h i don't know how you pronounce sure that. yeah that place and it apparently is a dedicated FPS area, and uh, so we went there. We landed, which is cool. I just love watching the landings, the landings and the takeoffs, um, and um, you know, which is like for me is like the the thing that is the most fun in Elite Dangerous is like landing and taking off. Right. I, I God, I'm so easily amused. Um, then we had an FPS battle there, and I guess uh, the way that that particular station is set up is that, is that it's for a game of uh, um, Command and Conquer. I, I, it's, it's, I think it's basically like a, a King of the Hill kind of thing where you have to occupy uh, the control center. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's like 
there'll be teams like good guys, bad guys, red, blue, whatever. Um, and uh, so uh, this time, uh, it was, well, it was Marines versus Outlaws, and this time the Outlaws won. And they and, stole uh, the ship. And they stole the ship, and Chris actually, <laughs> Chris actually said, all your constellation are belong to us, which uh-huh. I thought was like yeah. really, really, really cool. Um, and then uh, they went returned back to the, uh, uh, the base where they started and landed, and then, um, uh, then, they, then they showed the, the, uh, the other destinations that are available within that system. Uh, so that would be other places that you could, uh, you could hyperdrive off to, um, and, um, and uh, there will be uh, similar uh, scenarios set up out there for folks well, is to that, investigate. Isn't that Super Cruise? Isn't quantum jump? Isn't that for jump points and super cruise? Is to is to get from point to point within a system? No, I believe the quantum the quantum is across systems, and then jump is just jump. Oh, okay, all right. I be, I believe that's the case. Sure, um, I'll go with it. Yeah, because because uh, my that's why I was saying about Elite Dangerous that super cruise is sort of the third level in Elite Dangerous. Also, you know, you sort of have you know you you have landing, you have um, combat and then you have uh, super cruise which is like when you come out of um, a jump in elite dangerous it uh, it puts you in super cruise gotcha and so then so then you can um uh continue to tr- because you're still i mean when you make the jump you're still you know potentially several light years away from your destination so you have to sure you have to uh, be able to uh, to uh, go a little bit faster than uh, what, are, what are we at 240 meters per second right right, right. <laughs> yeah um, so anyway, there's going to be lots of places to go visit. We're hoping to see this before the end of the year. Um, definitely go check out the video, and there's two versions of it out there. I don't know if they split out the live presentation version on its own, uh, but I do encourage everyone to watch the live presentation if they haven't seen it. But then there's a press demo version of the same scenario, and I believe in that one the Marines won. So you know you get to see Outlaws win and Marines win. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Um, and then next up was a, um, a thing that um, I think was, uh, was uh, at least for me, was kind of unexpected. I mean, I know they'd been talking about this for a long time, but the, uh, the star map, and it's the ARK. I, don't, I forget what ARK stands for, but um, this, the star map um, that, you know, is going to allow us to plot our courses and do all kinds of cool stuff uh, throughout the galaxy. And uh, the, the most coolest thing about it um, is that it is, uh, it is on the website now. So um, it's the same functionality that we're going to have in-game, you know, on our ship console display, terminals, on our Moby Glass, uh, you know, in our hangars. Um, but it is available now on the website. And I think you and I were discussing earlier um, in text, you know, are we going to be able to uh, actually use this to... Um, uh, to like while we're, you know, maybe uh, ride, you know, com- driving home from work or well, not while we're driving, but let's assume that we're taking a train home, uh, you know, on our tablet, be able to plot courses that we want to do when we get home, you know, so, so be able to, to play the game when we're not in the game, essentially. Yeah, no, and that would be a phenomenal tool to be able to plot courses uh, or to plot routes before you get home. That would be amazing. So well, we know that we can bookmark stuff. So, right. um, um, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the way that that's going to work. But anyway, it's if <laughs> I'm going to say this a lot of times tonight, folks. So buckle in. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on the website. I'm um, I'm already having a blast with it. Um, oh. You know, um, for 
uh, for Quantum Drive, um, it, it's um, it's automatically instantly became a, a great tool because now it's like I can tell I can tell stories just through using the map. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and um, uh, it's you know I I I really like Elite Dangerous a lot. This this mapping system blows theirs away. I, it's I, I can oh. I can finally say um, I saw most of that on my tour. Oh, did you really? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Most of it. Um, it wasn't complete yet, but I saw most of it on my tour. And I, yeah, I've I've known that that's basically what it was going to look like in its functionality all this time, and I haven't been able to say anything about it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, welcome back, Jimmy. Oh, I'm so happy I could talk about it now. Yeah, it's super cool. We've missed you. It must be a weight off your chest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was losing sleep at night. <laughs> well, and and please, I'm not harshing on on Elite Dangerous. I, I love the game. Uh, I'm just saying that if you like the mapping um, and the uh, um, the navigation stuff in Elite Dangerous, you're gonna love this. I mean, it's really really cool. So definitely go um, go check it out. So you uh, you can see the jump points. You can you can filter on small, medium, or large jump points. Um, uh, this is something that I thought was really interesting is that you can uh, apply like these uh, sensor filters where you can, when looking at a system, see where the largest population density is or where the greatest density is. Um, where the most economic activity is, right, right. and then also where where are the dangerous places? Where where do you want to avoid if you're you know if you're in a in a big cargo ship and don't have a, a whole lot of protection? So it's a it's a, I think it's going to be very useful for any number of, of things. Um, and then uh, they did uh, whoops excuse me uh, they didn't back up all the way uh, to the galaxy view and it's just I, and I believe that because we were getting a hundred star systems right or no a, a hundred yeah hundred yeah, star yeah, systems yeah, yeah. it'll and it, it'll be a while but yeah yeah so we got to, to see the whole the whole uh, enchilada in one um, in one big picture there and it was pretty cool and it, and it shows you know which systems are controlled by UEE which systems are controlled by um, uh, Bandul, which are you know Banu, um, and then also which are um, are un are uncontrolled, and so uh, potentially are places uh, for for you piratey types out there to go um, uh, to go check out. So, um, and oh, in the 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 wormhole transitions in, in the in the map are just are stunning. It's like it's just I. I spent about 10 minutes just going back and forth through the same <laughs> stupid wormhole. It's, it's so cool. It is so cool. So anyway, um, definitely go check that out. It is on the website. Um, uh, they also mentioned and the Million Mile High Club, Jimmy. Um, have had you heard about this before? If my understanding is it's something for original backers um, or, or, oh. or, or backers that backed at a certain level. I, I don't know all that much about it because it obviously doesn't relate to me. So, um, But it is, it is a special reward. Now, one thing that I'm curious about is it seemed like my Million Mile Club members, Million Mile High Club members, are going to be able to invite non-club members to this special area. Well, Jonto joined on day two, so um, I'm thinking if uh, if uh, early backing is a is a is a prerequisite for membership, uh, he's got to be in. And so if he's in, <laughs> oh, we got yeah, totally. We got, we got 200 guys with ships that are going to be crashing that party. <laughs> That'll be fun. 
Um, so you know, it's um, you know, I know you're a, an aficionado of the uh, the Disneyland. Uh, do you know that that club, that special secret private club uh, there at Disneyland? Yeah, I forget the name of it, but I've had dinner there. Have you really? Yeah, <laughs> I meant to say that as a total humble brag. You know, like, oh yeah, and no, I've had dinner there. But yes, no, I have actually had dinner there. Um, I am not a Disney aficionado. I married into a Disney aficionado family. Uh, um, okay. My sister-in-law works at the park. My mother-in-law um, really um, is ha- is and has always been and will always be Tinkerbell. She will never grow <laughs> up. Um, and my wife is a huge Nightmare Before uh, Christmas uh, collector. Um, oh. She's got an amazing collection of, of a lot of rare and, and high-end um, Nightmare stuff. So, you know, the whole family is very much into Disney. And, yeah, I forget the name of the restaurant, but um, you take an elevator up, and it's very hoity-toity, and it's very fancy. It's right there in Disney, um, in uh, the New Orleans Mardi Gras area. Um, it's hidden away, so you don't, you'd walk right past it, wouldn't even see it. Um, and it was really cool. It was a fun experience. I, I'm glad that we did. I'm glad I had an opportunity to do it. Well, I, I've been, I have not been inside, but I did go and I, someone pointed to where the door is to go in and I just stood out in front and just sort of tried to add all, you know, nonchalant and stuff, you know, like hoping uh-huh. someone would, would open the door and like a, a big three fingered glove would come out and like beckon me hither. Come, come friend, come join the magic that is Disney. <laughs> I wanted to have a sandwich with the Roger Rabbit. It didn't happen. It just didn't. No, happen. no, it wouldn't. Well, um, so anyway, um, that's uh, they're gonna have that happen before the end of the year, and I'm guessing that's something that's gonna come off of the social module. So, cool there. Um, then we got a side tech. Oh God, Jimmy, we're almost at an hour. We're gonna, we gotta speed this up. Uh, yeah. We got a side tech up- update, which was nice. So, so you you know you get your ho task, you got your ho task with trackballs, you got your ho task with trackballs and bespork keyboards. So, um, Jimmy, just uh, in 25 words or less, is this thing going to hurt your wallet? Uh, yeah, it is. And I'm so frustrated because it is absolutely going to hurt my wallet. Once I saw the modularity, once I saw all the different things that you can do with it, um, I, I am extremely interested in uh, the entire suite once it's done. Oh, okay. Well, I, and uh, would you care to make a prediction on the price now? No, I don't even, I, I, no, I'm afraid to, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm afraid to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. I'm, I, me, you know, me and Yellowstag uh, and Chris Roberts, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're fine with our 360 controllers. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing is I like flying, um, you know, mouse and keyboard. And um, I've got an orb weaver, which I absolutely love. Um, but, the HOTAS system that they're designing really looks like something I would be interested in in trying um, and, and trying to get comfortable flying by stick. I mean, ideally, I'd love to be able to fly with a stick and then be able to switch over to my keyboard when I'm on, on foot. And it seems like they've accomplished that goal in, um, in their prototype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I... I think uh, there's certainly a lot of interest. I, ho- I hope it turns out uh, to. I don't. I don't see how it can make everybody happy. I mean, no, of course know, there's, not. There's not. There are a few things more controversial than uh, controller balancing. So um, very true. But as long as you know it's a good quality thing, then I think probably everyone can uh, just agree to disagree about uh, other stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we will talk more in the community show about the Aegis Saber, which was the. Um, 
the ship offering, the brand new surprise ship offering yeah. uh, that came out at the show. Uh, we're we're, all, we're gonna, we'll talk about uh, also the um, the uh, the CCU system which went live on uh, Friday, uh, and also the uh, referral program which went live uh, the day of uh, the con. Uh, we'll save that for um, for the next show just because those are sort of community oriented topics. Uh, but real quick about the Sabre, 170 bucks. Um, it is, uh, and I quote, part of Aegis Dynamics phase two of new ship models. The Sabre was designed as a space superiority fighter for those situations where you need to leave a lighter footprint. While no one will deny the Hornet's place as the UEE Navy, Navy's brawler, the Sabre offers a elegant and nimble alternative to handle an ever-evolving combat landscape. So, um, any interest there, Jimmy? Yes. Um, what piqued my interest was the fact that they said it was more stealthy than the Hornet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'll move away from my Ghost unless they have a stealth variant. Um, I need to know more about the ship, but I will say that it did pique my interest. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know Ace has uh, has some thoughts about it, so we'll, we'll talk about it in the next show. So, tune in for that, all you saber rattlers. <laughs> you see what I did? Yeah, I saw what you did. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Chris described it as a ninja. So there you go. That's that's pretty stealthy, right? Nice, yeah, totally. All right. Um, And But that was not all. No, 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 no. Tell them, Johnny, what they won. Uh, There is a military ship sale. And my understanding is that this is going to run until the 19th. So that's going to be, what, a week from today? Yeah, Uh, the the day that we are recording this. So um, uh, don't wait until a week from... Tuesday, the day you hear this, to because uh, it'll be a day too late and you'll be sad. Um, but anyway, you can buy in the military ship sale. They put all of um, um, the military ships on on sale. Um, you can get a, get yourself a, a Gladius uh, for ninety bucks, a Super Hornet for one sixty five, a Gladiator for a buck sixty five, Star G for two fifty, uh, Vanguard Warden for two fifty, and or a Retaliator for two seventy five. Now the really cool thing is because this is the um, anniversary sale, is that um, and this is our third anniversary, three years of insurance with the purchase of each of these ships. So um, we'll definitely, um, in conjunction with the uh, the cross chassis upgrade system, there were some some clever folks that figured out how to do some cool stuff, and we'll uh, we'll again talk about that in the next show as well. Um, and I, I think if by the time you're hearing this, uh, the Armada pack sale is likely over. Um, but um, it was um, uh, in celebration of Star Citizen's third anniversary, the Armada, Armada pack offers backers a set of military spacecraft ranging from the nimble Gladius to the mighty Idris P frigate. Launch your fleet! And so uh, it was... Uh, pretty much uh, most of the ships that are also on sale individually, but also including the Idris, which I don't know how long it's been since that's been on sale, but I think it's been a while. But at $2,500, bucks, i am curious how many of those they actually sold. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, you, you, I, you think to yourself, I, I wouldn't spend that kind of money. Um, but, you know, I, I guess if, you know, there are people that are, are financially better off because the thing is i know people that only have one ship you know and i'm in a better position financially to have more ships so there's i'm positive there's people out there that are as excited about the game as you and i that are in financially better positions than we are and 2500 bucks isn't that big a deal to them yeah yeah that's um you know and as grown-up hobbies go investing 2500 bucks in one is not you know 
is not unheard of. No, I, I have guitars that cost that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, like guys that play golf. I mean, are you kidding Oh, yeah, me? absolutely. Ugh. Um, so, um, anyway, like I said, it's, it's basically the uh, military ships, uh, plus the Idris. And, um, so I know uh, while we were in, they announced that we were in chat watching the, uh, the presentation, uh, Lacandi was doing the math and <laughs> I was going, God, I, let's see if I melt this, if I melt that. And then he's like, Oh my God, what's my girlfriend going to say? <laughs> nice. So, um, so it was, uh, it was causing folks to fret, fret, which is, uh, is a, uh, a good thing, I think. So anyway, only 48 hours, so I, I believe it probably um, uh, ended on Monday. Um, so um, if you didn't get into it and, uh, and uh, you had wanted to, I'm sorry for you, but uh, take that $2,500 and do something else with it. Um, so uh, this moves on to one of uh, probably the second jaw-dropping um, uh, presentation of the evening. Uh, the Squadron 42 update, and uh, this uh, was uh, 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 stuff that was all done uh, in engine. It was an in-engine vignette uh, featuring. Um, I think we can we can go ahead and announce uh, uh, Gary Oldman, um, who plays Admiral Bishop um, in the uh, Squadron 42 uh, game, and uh, this was a press conference he was doing uh, to the Space Senate. I think they actually call it the Space Senate, which is <laughs> kind of oh, Space Senate. And uh, this was following the Battle of, and you know the name of it, right? Yeah, well, it was just uh, the Battle of Vega. The Battle of Vega uh, with the Van Duel. And so this was after that battle, and uh, he was doing this sort of rousing uh, Patton-esque uh, speech. And um, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And again, you can see it in the, live, in the stream of the entire presentation, or they've split that out individually that you can watch it. Um, and it's, uh, it's only like, four and a half minutes long, um, but it's it's really, really cool. It's cool because of the quality of the acting. I mean, Gary Oldman, you know, what, you know, come on. Um, and it's also amazing in the quality of the facial rendering. Um, I think they had said even in the, um, in the presentation, uh, in the how they did it presentation, which followed, um, you know, watch the pupils on his eyes, watch the way the pupils move. I mean, it's so lifelike in so many ways. Um, that you know it's because you have to remember it's not a cinematic it's actually rendered right, in right, the engine right, right. so it's um and the the it, the tier one actors which would be i guess your triple a actors your mark hamill's your your gary Oldman's, um they're all going to have that level of fidelity um in game yeah yeah so it's um and uh, speaking of, of, of the cast it's an amazing cast and they, they revealed everybody or they a, a list of people that are in it um, and if you don't want to know who's in it, then um, uh, turn your radio station for the next 15 seconds um, because I'm going to read it out loud. Okay, three, two, one. Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Mark Strong, John Reese Davies, uh, Gimli is going to be in Squadron 42. <laughs> yep. That's so cool. Uh, Jack uh, Houston or Huston, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Andy Serkis. And uh, who, wa who, wants to who wants to bet that he doesn't play a Vandal or all of them? <laughs> Um, Harry Treadaway, Liam Cunningham, Rona Mitra. Now, what what has Rona Mitra been in? Don't know. You don't know? Okay, I because people were talking about her like they knew who she was, and I I'd not heard the name before. Um, but uh, she was um, uh, she she figured prominently a little bit later on in the presentation. Um, in Ian Duncan, who got to play the player, uh, the player's perspective, which was pretty cool. Uh, Sophie Wu, Gemma uh, Gemma Whelan, Craig. 
fair brass and dun 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 dun, dun I believe I want to believe Jillian Anderson. Woohoo! Oh, I think she's the chick from Underworld. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Underworld. Uh, I I pulled up her um, I pulled up her IMDb uh, account. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she was in um, the shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, uh, number 23, Hollow Man. Uh, there's, I'm sure, a whole list of other movies. That's just the top uh, the top four. All right. Well, she's in this, too. Um, and then following uh, following that little uh, uh, drum roll and uh, presentation of, of names, they did a um, uh, they talked about how they made it. You know, in the they did a CryEngine demo tech talk kind of thing. Um, Chris uh, did sort of a recap of uh, the three months he spent over there shooting, uh, sort of an update of where the the that project is now, and uh, you know, just basically an explication of the process overall. There's a um, um, there's a really good behind the scenes on the tech that they that they used um, to bring the characters to life um, and the fidelity behind the game that's also a really interesting watch um, even if you're not into the game just just from uh, from a game development perspective it's really cool I think that's the bit where Gary Ullman actually calls uh, Chris Chris the uh, George Lucas of uh, video games <laughs> which like people were like oh no no don't call him that but the thing is you know, granted, you know, Lucas's screenplays have not been the best, but Lucas, the way Lucas Arts has pushed boundaries in a, in a way that no other company has ever done before. Um, you know, even even though the Star Wars movies were a little heavy handed with the CG, uh, it was still something that had never been done at the time. So I, I would say that, you know, from a technical perspective, you really can't give somebody uh, in the entertainment industry any higher of a compliment than to say that, technically speaking, they're the George Lucas of XYZ, in this case, gaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Monday, morning, Monday morning quarterbacks suck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, George deserves his props. Um, and uh, so then, uh, then we got to see uh, some more uh, in-game, actually in-game footage um, of... Um, of the um, because the, you know though it was rendered in engine the uh, the thing we saw with Gary Oldman was actually a cutscene you know so it was it was not something where you actually were walking around and watching um, but then we got to see um, uh, a Squadron Forty Two demo um, the title of which was the Morrow Tour and I guess the Morrow is the ship that we we're all going to start out on and uh, the, the the description of it is as follows. This excerpt from the beginning of Squadron 42 showcases the first steps incorporating the performance capture footage into the game, giving the player a walking tour of their new ship and a brief glimpse of some of the characters they'll serve with aboard the Idris, Idris class frigate, U-E-E-S Stanton. So, um, I think the Morrow tour, I think that character that gives you the tour, his, I think his name is Morrow because you're serving on the Stanton. No, there you go. You know that 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 makes complete sense. Uh, but anyway, um, our new best friend Rona Mitra, she uh, is uh, at the end of this particular thing, and she gives a little, um, <laughs> she gives a bit of a pep talk, in which she says, um, basically, it's my way or the highway, and the highway is zero G with no air. So <laughs> you need to um, you need to think carefully. 
So anyway, but she does a good job, and it was, I think, very well done. And, you know, Chris was very upfront ahead of time. He said, look, you know, this this has some bugs in it. This is still in process. You know, like, you know, the hair on some of the characters is going to look pretty wonky. That's because we're not done with the hair. So, but we just want to show you, give you a flavor for what you're going to be doing in the game. It's got to so. be, it's got to be tough. Um, I've found in the past that, um, that I hate, when I work on music, I hate playing demos for people because it's always like okay well the vocals will be more in key and there'll be you know effects on it or there'll be three more guitars or don't listen to the drum sound because that's an electronic drum kit but we're going to be replacing that with an actual drummer like this is just the core bare bones idea the structure of the song it's a demo and we'll be bringing it into the studio and turning it into a, a fully produced song yeah. And I can imagine it's got to be the same way with Chris, but on a much, much, much grander scale. I get nervous when I play a demo I've written for my wife. I can't imagine what Chris must feel like to play a, play a demo that's not ready for a million, a million backers. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, he's got the huevos. He did it. That was great too, you know. Um, it was a great, yeah. it was a great first look. I'm really excited about um, Squadron Forty Two, and I think Squadron Forty Two is key to the overall success of Star Citizen. Um, you create a, a great standalone game that attracts, you know, the gaming community, and you basically they play through a great game, and then they get spit out into a persistent universe based on that game. What a, mm -hmm. what a great way to bring someone to that universe by giving them a game like, like a Destiny to start out with. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think it was, uh, it was I'm, glad we, I'm glad he showed it to us, you know, blemishes and all. Yeah. I, mean, I think it was, I wouldn't want to play it in that state, but I'm glad to have seen it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of, the, sort of the, uh, the unspoken star of the entire thing was the Idris. Oh, my God. God, that thing is huge. Yeah, no, it's 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 a big ship. I uh, and we talked about this uh, uh, a couple of days back, but um, I I, I kind of thought it was funny how much like Chris has a definitive vision for his universe, and that universe has a lot to do with his history, which has to do with Wing Commander, the the Idris, the characters, the costuming, all screamed Wing Commander. Really did. Mm -hmm. um, even the little fuzzy uh, uh, skull caps that the one dude was wearing when he was offloading uh, the uh, cargo from the uh, Aurora <laughs> or from that, that ship. I was just yeah. like, wow, this is Wing Commander, um, which is cool. I mean, you know, aesthetically, it's a cool universe. And um, I, I like that we see that we, we see Chris's history in his future. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. And uh, there is a, a Squadron 42 website, um, which is also on the RSI website. So it, it talks about the cast and it talks about um, the um, a little bit about the story. So um, uh, go check that out. And it provides you an opportunity to, um, uh, if you're not already a backer, uh, to uh, pre-order the game. And uh, so for 45 bucks, you can get all of this stuff that we've been talking about for the last year, plus all the stuff that's coming up. And um, it's... You just don't get a better entertainment value than that. The light, um, and I don't mean as literally, but I mean as figuratively, the light in uh, Gary Ullman's eyes while he's giving that speech is phenomenal. Yeah. The, the twinkle, if you will, the, the twinkle in his eye. 
the 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 subtle movements of his brow. Um, it's really it's it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited that they're pushing the envelope because the thing is, it's going to be a benefit to the entire industry. You know, even yep. if this game comes out, you know, in 2017, um, the industry will take note of the of the future tech, and we will see this stuff coming out in other PC games, and eventually we'll see this stuff coming out on the console. Um, but I, I'm excited, and and I'm really looking forward to. Um, what seeing Chris's vision fully realized. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moment of truth, uh, favorite Gary Oldman performance. Oh, ever? Yeah. Oh, that's tough, dude. Um, I mean, Sid- oh, wait, 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 wait. I know what you're going to say. I'm going to write it down. Hold on. Okay. Sid and Nancy. I mean, really? yeah, it's one of my favorite performances of his. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Uh, there's so many, um, but that is one of my favorite performances of his. What did you think it was? Oh, well, I was going to say Fifth Element. Everyone says Fifth Element. Oh yeah, come but, on. But but um, but Bravo for that. I'm I'm going to actually go uh, True Romance. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. That was a good Drexel. one. Drexel. Yeah. I, 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 what's a Drexel? Yep. <laughs> I, I I occasionally ask my cat that. Hey, what's a Drexel? He he, um, he doesn't know. Well, Sid and Nancy left such a like an imprint on me, and I and he was a nobody then. And he, he left an imprint on me as an actor. I mean, mm-hmm. he was Sid Vicious. And everything that he did after that, I was like, oh, yeah. I was, I w- He's one of those actors where after that performance, if I saw a movie with his name in the credits, I made it a point to watch it. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's something special. All right. And then, Jimmy, there was Cake. Yes. The the cake is not a lie. There was there cake. There is cake. And we all sang happy birthday, and then it was over. So, as we've said, they're pretty much go to you. Your, your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to go to YouTube and watch everything posted on the CIG channel in the last week. Yeah, well, not because even the last week, the last four or five days. Yeah. <laughs> because we are already at an hour and 16 minutes, and we didn't even talk about the news from this past week. No, 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 no. And we're going we're gonna to call it here and uh, discuss, discuss it all again uh, with Ace uh, on the community show. So um, uh, do you have a game to form a cheesy online community around? I do. Um, I have uh, my favorite new um, on the potty game, as a matter of fact. <laughs> It is Let's Go Rocket. So uh, if I wanted to form a community around Let's Go Rocket, Gleep, what would I do? Dude, you have, you've got, now you have to say Let's Go Rocket on the potty. Yeah, Let's Go Rocket on the party, on the potty. <laughs> God. Oh, you know what? I would talk to the fine folks at Engine because whatever, whatever problems it is you have, they can fix. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. They can take care of all but, of your site hosting needs. They can, they can definitely do that, um, and because they they take care of ours, and uh, and it's a it's a fine site indeed, uh, and we we owe much of that, we owe all of it actually to uh, the amazing Jonto who is um, off on holiday. I don't know, do we mention we just we we totally of, glassed, just glossed right over that. Jo- yeah, John who? Yeah, John John's on vacation this week. Uh, uh, he should be back next week, I believe. Yeah, he's like but, he's uh, like he, hugging trees and making out with Sasquatch, right? I well, I don't know about that, but I know that he's someplace prettier than where I am right now. So we hope that he's having a, having a good time. 
Um, and so, yeah, definitely go uh, check them out at uh, enginejin.com. They will help you with all of your site hosting needs. Ronald Jenkins, thank you, sir. www.ronaldjenkins.com for all of his fine music. Uh, you support Star Citizen, uh, the base radio. They are at radio.starcitizenbase.com where you will find a rebroadcast of the previous week's verse cast every Saturday afternoon. How cool is that? So thank you guys for, uh, for putting us uh, on the air over there. Um, I am Muad Gleep. Uh, check the show notes for all of my contact deeds. Muad Gleep. I am. Was that Satarak, man? I'm, my my name is a weapon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. I uh, I am Jimmy Croker. You can find me over at Twitter, where I'm uh, quite the the chatty Kathy. Uh, and you can uh, email me at jimmy at versecast.org. And you can catch me every Thursday night at 9 p.m. over at the base, where I do my show uh, Quantum Drive, which is music and lore interweaved into a little story that I tell that particular night. And a fine job you do, sir. Thank you, so sir. Do. Go check him out. By the way, you can't. Uh, by the way, Gleep, yeah. Faith No More is going to be in this week's set list. Ooh, yeah. which album are you going to you going to share? Uh, Angel Dust. Okay. Um, think, think about it in terms of I'm doing um, I'm doing the attack on Vega. So what would be the logical choice? Don't say it, but what would be the logical choice off of Angel Dust? Not Jizzlobber. <laughs> no, not Jizzlobber, and not <laughs> crack bad. and not crack Hitler either. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Be aggressive? No, 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 no. I'll tell you later. All right. <laughs> I just, I, th- those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. Well, no, there's RV. There's uh, Midlife Crisis. Well, you haven't gotten there yet, but, you know. There's, anyway, uh, you can reach the podcast by uh, emailing us at comms at versecast.org. Uh, find us on Steam, uh, those guys with ships, uh, Versecast. Uh, on Twitter, at Versecast, uh, when tweeting cool uh, Star Citizen stuff, please use the hashtag TGWS. Please, please. Our, uh, our Star Citizen organization is www.robertspaceindustries.org slash, or .com slash orgs slash Versecast. Uh, come check us out at the uh, org podcast community webpage, which is uh, www.versecast.org. And uh, please review us on iTunes and email us about it so that uh, we can make sure to give you a shout out. Yes, please do that. All those things. Gosh, switching gears from being Gleep for three weeks to being John for one week is so confusing. (laughs) It only gets worse, Jimmy. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time then, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been The Versecast. See you guys. Whee! so happy to be back. It's good to be back.